You're listening to How Did I Get Here, a deep dive into our journey to find the dream job. I'm your host, Jason Fish, and today I'm joined by Brian O'Malley, President and CEO of Domino Foods Incorporated. Welcome, Brian. Good to be here, Jason. Thank you for uh, asking me to be on the show. Yeah, really excited to have you on an episode of the podcast. Um, so, you know, not to confuse Domino Foods with Domino's Pizza, your company creates a product that nearly every American comes in contact with every day. Um, to start off, can you give a little bit of background and history on Domino Foods? Okay, well, Domino Foods is the sales and marketing organization, also supply chain for all of the sugar products that our company makes. Uh, besides the, the name Domino Sugar, which people in the East would be very familiar with, we have an equally strong brand out West called CNH Sugar, which stands for California and Hawaiian Sugar. And that's uh, pretty much uh, on the Western part of the country from the Mississippi River over to the West, including Alaska and Hawaii. And then the Domino brand is sold east of the Mississippi. And then we also have another brand called Florida Crystals, which is our natural and organic product. And that's uh, sold nationally. So you're right. We're not, we're, we are not the pizza guys. Right. Exactly. And most people I'm sure are familiar with, you know, the small packets or something that people would buy, you know, potentially at a supermarket. But on top of that, I'd say, you know, you sell to many different um, food companies as well. Well, that's correct. Our, our business is broken down into what we call distribution channels. Our largest distribution channel is the industrial sales area and industrial customers use sugar to make their particular product. So examples of that would be in the confectionery industry, people like Hershey and uh, M&M Mars, for example, Nestle. Uh, then in the uh, dairy and uh, ice creams, you would have folks like uh, Breyers and, uh, you know, Turkey Hill and other companies like that that make ice cream or various dairy products. Uh, then we're also in the baking category, which would be companies like um, you know, people that make either muffins or cookies. Examples would be like uh, Oreos or uh, Chips Ahoy cookies, things like that. Uh, but pretty much we sell to every company that uses sugar to make their products if it contains sugar. So that's our industrial channel. That's our largest channel. Our second largest channel is the retail channel. And that's where you would go into a grocery store, um, whether it be, you know, Weiss Markets or... Um, Safeway or Walmart, and you would find all of the different types of products, both, you know, granulated sugar, uh, powdered sugar, uh, various types of brown sugar in those, uh, in those types of uh, distribution outlets. And uh, that's our second largest. Then the third channel that we sell into is food service. And that's anywhere that you go to eat away from home. And it could be you know, those little packets that you talked about in a McDonald's or an Applebee's, but it's also they use sugar in the back of the restaurants and in the, you know, virtually anywhere like hotels, um, anywhere that, you know, sugar is used as a, uh, as an ingredient in like say fast food restaurants or uh, white tablecloth restaurants. And then the fourth area that we sell into is what we call our specialty channel. And that is, higher end uses for sugar. These, these are sugars that are, have a very specific, uh, 
characteristics that go beyond the use of just regular table sugar or, or what would be used to make other products. These would be in the pharmaceutical industry, for example, sugars that have the ability to be tableted uh, or sugars that have to pass very rigorous um, standards for use in medicines and things like that. So that's those are the four channels that we uh, that we compete in. And in this, since primarily, you know, your products are sold in the United States, is there a lot of other competition um, in the United States? Yes, there is. Uh, we are, we have about an overall 35% market share. So uh, we are the only company in the United States that has coast to coast distribution. So we have the ability to sell to consumers or customers, whether they be in uh, California or Hawaii or Alaska and all the way over to uh, the East Coast. Most of our competitors tend to be more regional in nature, um, but there are other uh, companies that make up 65% of the market, but they tend to be more regional. I'd like to switch gears a little bit to um, focus a little bit more on um, your position and you know how you got to where you are today. So you know, what is your role as president and CEO consist of on a daily basis? Well, my job is to make sure that all of our customers are taken care of uh, on time and with the right products that they ordered. Um, now, that involves not just from our salespeople going out and, and uh, contacting customers, but then also making sure that the supply chain is working properly and that uh, they get invoiced properly. Um, so pretty much everything, uh, I'm in charge of everything that's customer facing or consumer facing within our business. We have other entities within our company that are responsible for the manufacturing side of our business. Uh, but I pretty much am in charge of all of the operations that deal with the customer and the outward facing activities of the business. And what would you say is your favorite part of your job? Well, it's pretty easy for me to answer that. I've always loved going out and uh, meeting customers, especially when you get opportunities to go out and see their operations and how they use our product to make other types of products, whether it be, you know, uh, Hershey bars or, uh, you know, ice cream or uh, cookies or whatever those products are. When, when I get to go out and see uh, all that's involved to bring quality food products to the market, those are the days that I really uh, relish the most. And you've been working at Domino Foods for over 18 years. What has your progression through the company looked like? Okay, well, I've actually been with Domino for 37 years, so you're pretty close to that. Uh, oh, wow. I, I, yeah. yeah, I started in 1982, uh, shortly after graduating from uh, Rowan University, which, as you know, is now uh, was Glassboro. Uh, back in back in uh, all those years ago, uh, but yeah, I started working uh, for Domino in uh, New York. As uh, started out in the uh, financial uh, accounting side of the business, and from 1982 to 1991, I moved up progressively through a financial side of the business. <clears throat> then in uh, 1991, uh, when my just happened to be when my daughter, my oldest child, was born. Uh, an opportunity came up for me to move over from the finance side of the business to the sales side of the business. That was a little risky at the time uh, because I, up at that point, up to that point, I had not had any experience actually in the sales role, 
but I felt pretty confident. And some of the people that I knew within the sales organization felt that I would be able to do a good job at that. So in 1991, I moved over into sales and then moved up progressively through the sales side of the business. And in 2001, I became president and CEO. And I attribute a lot of that uh, progression and ultimately becoming the, the president of the company to the fact that I had experience not only on the financial side of the business, but also on the customer facing side of the business. Did you always aspire to be a CEO of a company? Well, I think I can remember back in, in college, you know, we would talk about things like that, but, uh, you know, to be honest, I think, uh, those were kind of, uh, things that I thought about, but they really didn't seem that realistic, uh, at that stage, but it was something that I did think about, but the reality was I, I really had, uh, I did not expect this to happen, uh, but certainly was glad that the opportunity came along. Yeah, absolutely. And was the transition from the financial side to the sales side, a difficult one or not really? Actually, I felt it was, uh, easier in this sense that. Um, if a salesperson comes into the company from another industry, say with sales experience, um, they really know sales, but they really don't know a lot about our product and how uh, the finances of sugar work. So when I moved into sales, I really had a good handle on how contracts worked and how the sugar markets worked. Uh, the sugar market is uh, a commodity. It's traded on an exchange. I understood all of those things. So when I went out to visit customers, and I was working in the industrial side of the business, those customers value the, the fact that I knew more about the financial side of the business than the average salesperson. So my initial foray into sales was made easier by the fact that I really did understand the business better. Most of the people, you know, that listen to my podcast are college students and young professionals. So, you know, what would you say to someone who's maybe like 22 years old and you know, aspires to be in the position that you are, you know, at this, at a, as a CEO of a pretty large company? Okay. Well, I think one of the things, and this worked out for me, and I, I think it would work out for most people is don't be afraid to take some degree of risk along the way. Uh, don't be complacent. Now, at the same time, you don't want to be too, uh, you know, too anxious to jump around. But as you move through your career, don't be afraid to, uh, to take on some challenges that are a little bit outside of your comfort zone. Um, so, you know, whether it be if you're in a certain area of the business and another particular uh, opportunity comes up and you think it might be something that you would like, number one, it'll make your days a lot more interesting because now you're going to be doing something totally different. But you also become more valuable to the company you're working for and ultimately more valuable to whether it be the industry or other companies that you might look to down the road. Uh, so the ability to be able to do different types of things and understanding different parts of the business is really critical, I think, to being able to move into more senior leadership roles. And now, you know, on the flip side of that a little bit, what, if anything, do you wish you had done differently in your business journey thus far? Hmm. Well, Obviously, in, in my case, I can honestly say that I've kind of been able to uh, uh, be very satisfied with my career. Um, I did one of the things I, I did want to point out that was instrumental in my particular case, and I think it would be for most people, is 
Um, in uh, 1998, I went back and got my master's, my MBA from Rutgers University, but I know uh, many different colleges have very fine programs. But, you know, if anything, I might have wanted to do that a little sooner. Um, so I, you know, I let a little bit of time go by before, <laughs> before getting that additional uh, degree. But I'm sorry, I, I didn't mean 1998, I got it in 1988. But still, there was a six year period that went by. Uh, now I was working every day, but I think it's good maybe after a couple years after college when you've got, uh, you know, two years under your belt in business to think about uh, some advanced degrees. And you can do that at night while you're still working and uh, not wait till a little bit later when you have a lot more responsibility at the business. And do you think getting the MBA was crucial to your success moving forward as president and CEO? Absolutely, because the particular position that I have, an MBA was a requirement, so I wouldn't have even been considered with, without that. Uh, but also, I think as a person that's interviewed a lot of people over the years for, you know, not CEO roles, but uh, executive type roles, what the MBA shows me is that a person is serious about uh, learning, that they've set a goal and they've achieved the goal. And those are traits that are uh, very valuable that go beyond just what you've learned, but that you set a very uh, high goal for yourself and you achieved it. Yeah, absolutely. And additionally, it it doesn't seem like it's as common as maybe it has been in the past that, you know, someone will work at one company for their entire career. Did you find any challenges, you know, at, at working at Domino's Foods for so long? Well, I think you're right. A lot of people do, especially in today's uh, day and age, uh, people tend to move a lot quicker. Back when I first started at Domino, uh, and, and even through to my career as it stands right now, I've seen many people within our company that have uh, even much longer tenures than myself. So in our particular industry and in our particular company, it's actually quite common that a, a fellow retired down in our Baltimore location um, a year ago with 50 years of the business. And I only have 37, but I've seen people, you know, well over 40 years uh, when they retire. So it's not that uncommon in our industry, but I would not hesitate to tell young people that, you know, don't just run away from your current business, but if you don't feel like you're progressing after a certain amount of time, the opportunity may be somewhere else. I just happen to be fortunate that the opportunities came along within the same company, which makes Yeah, for sure. It definitely makes it um, a lot easier. My last question for you is, you know, what has been the biggest turning point in your life and how has that altered your path? For me, it's it's pretty easy. It, it was the birth of my children. Uh, started, I have three children, 1991, and 1994, 1996. But that certainly uh, refocuses you and you become very determined to try to make sure that you uh, that you can provide everything that they need uh, moving along. Up on, Before you have children, I think you tend to be more focused uh, on yourself and then uh, you know, it's easier once you have other people that are dependent on you to uh, really focus and uh, try to do a good job for not just yourself, but others. 
Yeah. And I guess a, a few final words. Do you have you know anything you'd like to add on um, maybe for someone who hasn't been in a lot of leadership positions or, you know, someone who's, you know, definitely aspiring to, you know, reach the level that you have in your career? Well, I think you want to always be looking to learn more. And there are plenty of books out there on subjects like leadership. And uh, you can read those books and help the help to you know, form your foundation of things that are important to you and your leadership style. So, um, you know, I think that would be a very good, even if before you go back for an MBA, that you want to be aware of different types of uh, literature that's out there specifically, I guess here we're talking about the business world, but there's plenty of great books out there to help you understand uh, yeah, the important attributes of a business leader. Thank you for listening to the first episode of season two. Tune in next Thursday for another episode of How Did I Get Here? with guest Michael Perry, director of Kit at Shopify. Until next time.